Peace and blessings, everyone. I'm your host, Sean Crystal Parker, and welcome to episode 51 of Real Shift Happens. So this episode, we're diving deep into meditation, and I'm talking about all the things I've learned after meditating every day for the last nine years. So stay tuned, because you don't want to miss a I go thing. Within, walking in the fertile soil of my own being. There, my ancestors' fossilized footprints lead the path to my destiny, embedded in my soul. I can feel the pain and the toil, the sorrow. I bear the weight on my shoulders, but also the joy, the laughter, the song. I hear my community deep within my spirit, quietly guiding my footsteps along the path. I Go within. Thank you so much for joining me. So this episode, we're talking about how I've meditated every day for the last nine years and how it's really changed my life like a 180. And we're going to talk about the benefits and um, some how to's and of course, my urging you to meditate every day because I can tell you this until I'm out of breath, but the truth is, is really something you have to experience yourself. So let's talk about it. And then we'll get into our five minute focus shift at the end so that we're fully prepared and we're going into it with the right intentions. So yeah, so I wanted to make a point. Um, for so many people, I think there's a lot of preconceived notions and ideas around how to meditate, um, you know, if it actually works or if it does anything for you and kind of like what it really is. So, you know, people tend to think that it's kind of foo-foo. It's, you know, like, what are you doing? You're just sitting there with your eyes closed. Um, some people think, you know, it's like a new age thing and it's pseudo and part of some crazy agenda. Um, I think I mentioned this before in another episode, how um, people are saying that, you know, it's demonic even. Like uh, I was listening to a Christian radio station a couple months ago, and I was telling this story in another episode about how this um, these two men were going on and on about how yoga is demonic and how meditation, you know, all leads to other entities or demons, spirits coming within you and all this different stuff. And it was just like, what? You know, and then they, they even had the nerve to say the Hindu religion was was um, evil. So, um, yeah, all of those things, I think, are you know, reasons why people may not look into meditation um, or just, you know, kind of stay away from it. Although I have heard many people tell me that their doctors are now telling them that meditation is a good idea. Um, so there's, 
you know, there's those people who just kind of stay away from it. And then there's others who maybe try it once, say they didn't feel anything or, you know, their mind was wandering too much so they couldn't sit, sit still enough to really do anything or they just didn't feel like it worked. It just, it just felt like, what, it, what am I doing here? What am I doing? I'm just sitting here with my eyes closed. And so there's, you know, there's just so many reasons why people think of it as, um, it maybe not working for them, you know, like, oh, well, it seems like it works for you, but I don't think it's going to work for me. I can't sit still. My mind's too wandery and all of these things. So I feel like, honestly, like it's kind of an excuse because it's, it's just about like disciplining yourself, right? Like, or exercising. So people make excuses about you know, exercising because they just kind of like don't want to do it. Right. Um, and it's the same thing with meditation because meditation is kind of like exercising your mind and like everything in life, meditation is experiential and its effects are cumulative. So, you know, you try, you can try to like think about it and rationalize it and 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 all these different things and um but the only way to really know for yourself and to gain the benefits is to actually do it and experience it so and then like anything else um as you learn it you want to train yourself um to be better and or or just even continue to repeat it over and over again because until you become a master and that's you know anything that you do right um your job your skill your trade whatever it is um even just going to the gym you want to become stronger you know so in this case you are learning to master yourself your emotions your thoughts um your feelings so you know it's definitely necessary. It's, it's, I don't even see how we are operating without this in our normal world. And I mean, honestly, I've operated without it myself in my life, of course, um, before I started meditating. But when I look back, oh man, I so wish, I mean, I'm grateful that I, I do it and I've done it for this long and I, you know, started doing it, but I can only imagine um, what it would be like now if I had started at, you know, the age of 19 or 20, a teenager or even a child. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it would, it would be, I would be a whole nother world for me and anyone who, who has that experience, you know? So what is meditation really? Well, to put it simply, meditation is the practice of focused concentration. Just that simple definition alone kind of says a lot. It's like if you're practicing focused concentration um, on your inner workings of yourself, then, um, you know, you're kind of learning about yourself. And we know that in a lot of religious scripts, what do they always say? Know thyself. How can you truly, truly, truly know yourself 
if you're not going within to do the inner workings within yourself, right? But it's it's so much more than just like a focused concentration on yourself. And, and when I say on yourself, it's not to be confused with like, you're being selfish. Because sometimes like, I've, I feel lately like people have been getting this whole selfless, selfish, you know, self-love, like all these things confused like a little bit, just, just, I'm gonna go off on a little tangent, but I just want to say like, I feel like self-love is what we all need to live and operate from. And that's not being selfish. Um, selfish is when you just don't care about anybody but yourself, right? Self-love is when you actually nurture, take care of yourself and, um, you, you nurture yourself first, like, you know, you, you, um, you fill your own cup and then you're able to help fill the cup of others. So it's, it's about like filling your own cup and not in a selfish way, just in a way that's loving and nurturing, like the mother that you maybe had, but maybe never had the one that you maybe could dream of being the most perfect mother who nurtured you and loved you and didn't smother you, but just gave you just enough freedom to be yourself and just did everything that you could dream a mother could do for you. Whether you had that or not in your life, imagine that and then be that to yourself be that nurturing mother to yourself love yourself that much the way that 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 mother would so um that's more of the essence of self-love and then being selfless is you're coming from this place of self-love and just love so you you're able to be selfless when you are helping others and when you are giving um to others you're you're able to do it without expecting anything in return so that's more of like being selfless because you you're not doing it for something you're doing it out of the love you have for that person or that thing or whatever that is right and in being selfless selfless you're not um negating like yourself like you're not pouring from an empty cup because you've already filled that cup so you're able to give more and more of what that whatever that giving is because it's not always monetary and people think that that's you know or things it's attention and time and love and affection and all of those things right so um there's oh there's the thing I wanted to say about um, meditation. Oh, I know what I wanted to say um, about it being so much more. There's a um, really famous transcendental meditation teacher named Bob Roth. And he writes books about transcendental meditation. And um, you can definitely look him up. And he has some videos out there. 
and explaining like what it is. And he explains how the mind is like the ocean and in that um, the surface of the water that's moving, that's choppy, that's all the waves at the, you know, surface is like our conscious mind because our conscious mind is so chatty, right? It's like always in there chatting to you. And excuse me, the old um, Buddhist saying was that our conscious mind is like the chattering monkey because it just always is going, going, going. And a lot of times we can't control it. And um, so he was, he's saying that like the deeper parts of the ocean are like the unconscious mind. And so the whole ocean's our mind, but only the top layer is the part that we can kind of see. We can, you know, we feel it. We feel that choppiness. We feel the, the, the ebb and flow of the ocean waves. And then <clears throat> as we see sink deeper into the ocean or, uh, you know, the deeper you go, the more calm it is, right? The more um, serene and peaceful it is. And that's um, kind of like where our conscious mind lies in this deep, deep, peaceful place within you. And um, with meditation, you're able to kind of calm the choppy waters of the conscious mind and reach down into and give you know impression to the unconscious mind right so because the unconscious mind of course we're not conscious of and you know that's the part that's pretty much running our lives and you know you'll have thoughts when you meditate right you'll have thoughts it's not your mind is not blank it's your mind um is just not concentrating, right? It's it's not focused. It's just racing. So although your conscious mind is still thinking, you are simultaneously tapping into your subconscious mind. And then with practice, you'll be able to quiet the conscious mind even and then go deeper within your subconscious mind within yourself. You're just going deeper within yourself really truly right um let's talk about the conscious and subconscious mind for a sec um we all have an idea of what the conscious mind is right excuse me um it's the part of our mind that we use when we're in the waking state that that we're aware of so all of our awareness in our frontal you know, part of our minds that we know and see and think and all this stuff, that's our conscious mind. And the fact that we're aware of that makes it what it is, conscious, right? And if we look in the dictionary, it describes conscious, the conscious mind as um, being aware of and responding to one's surroundings or awake, So it is the awake thinking part of the mind that is kind of like doing all the doing in your life, right? Just everything, 
It's, it's you awake. It's what we kind of feel we are like in a way, right? But but the con the subconscious mind um, is a little different and it's the like a deep storage space part of your mind, right? And it it's only controlled by your conscious mind. So your subconscious mind doesn't really have its own mechanism to function out in the world. It's kind of functioning behind the scenes and the conscious mind is its, um, I guess, interpreter who that would come in and tell it what's to do or even its manager, let's say, um, that would come in and tell it, tell it, oh, hey, this is what I want you to do. But the conscious mind is not always knowing that it's giving off thoughts and signals and feelings to the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind is expressing it out into our, into our worlds, into our lives. So because it stores all of your thoughts and emotions and memories and everything that has happened to you in your life and potentially even over multiple lives that you've had. So um, experts say that we actually live up to 95% of our lives through our subconscious programming. So that 5% of our, you know, consciousness that's awake um, is literally just a tiny, tiny piece out of out of the whole thing right it's just a little tiny piece of the pie you guys i know i've seen that that um, meme where it's like a iceberg and you see the tip of the iceberg outside the ocean and then the rest of it is like under the water and they always will have different things you know little words or whatever to it but i've seen one before that's like okay here's your conscious mind at the very tip that's coming out with that glacier and then um, below that, the 95%, the rest of that, that glacier is underwater and that's your subconscious mind. So um, a lot of times we don't know that our subconscious mind is actually running our lives. And it is, it's running, it's pretty much running our lives. So if there's any trauma, if there's anything else going on in the subconscious mind that you, you're not aware of, it's going to play out in your life. It's just going to play out in your life, period. There's no way around it. So let me just go into um, a little part from episode 31 through 34, which is where we read the book, The Feeling is a Secret by Neville Goddard. And in that book, he talks about the relationship between the conscious and the subconscious mind. And so I'm just going to read like a little piece of it, but... um definitely go back and listen to those episodes and when you have time um because I read the whole book and it's not a long long book it's really good really really good it it's, explains a lot so he writes um in that book I think this was episode 31 on this part um the conscious is personal and selective the subconscious is impersonal and non-selective. The conscious is the realm of effect. The subconscious is the realm of cause. These two aspects are the male and female divisions of consciousness. 
the conscious is the male, the subconscious is the female. The conscious generates ideas and impresses these ideas on the subconscious. The subconscious receives the ideas and gives form and expression to them. By this law, first conceiving an idea and then impressing the idea conceived on the subconscious, all things evolve out of consciousness. And without this sequence, there is not anything made that is made. The conscious impresses the subconscious, while the subconscious expresses all that is impressed upon it. The subconscious does not originate ideas, but accepts as true those which the conscious mind feels to be true, and in a way known only to itself, objectifies the accepted ideas. Therefore, through his power to imagine and feel and his freedom to choose the idea he will entertain, man has control over creation. Control over the subconscious is accomplished through control over your ideas and feelings. The mechanism of creation is hidden in the very depth of the subconscious, the female aspect or womb of creation. The subconscious transcends reason and is independent of induction. It contemplates a feeling as a fact existing within itself and on this assumption proceeds to give expression to it. The creative process begins with an idea and its cycle runs its course as a feeling and ends in a volition to act. Ideas are impressed on the subconscious through the medium of feeling. No idea can be impressed on the subconscious subconscious until it is felt but once felt be it good bad or indifferent it must be expressed deep 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 so <laughs> keeping this in mind um you know you can see that the subconscious mind is super powerful very very powerful and truly the source of creation of our worlds right it's it's what gives the form and the expression um, and then expresses itself out into the world. And then it's sometimes like you don't even know what's happening. It's just doing it. And it's yourself because you're unconscious. That's the unconscious part of you that, you know, not unconscious, but yeah, kind of like unconscious. You don't even know what's happening, right? It's um, so most of us think that we're acting and responding out of our conscious mind when in fact the conscious mind only accounts for like about 5% of the brain power. So naturally we most of us are running out of this subconscious programming and we don't even realize it. we have no clue. But what happens is our conscious and rational mind starts to get in the way of our subconscious mind. And if the subconscious mind is well-tuned, it's the direct source to our intuition and to our inner knowing. So if, if, we, if our subconscious mind is programmed with the wrong messages, 
then we are acting out in ways that, you know, aren't cohesive and um, aligned with um, our intuition and our, our direct source to God. So with meditation, you're able to calm the conscious mind so that it starts to make positive impressions upon the subconscious mind. And you start to reprogram your subconscious mind. And then your subconscious mind goes to work to express what has been impressed upon it. Those new ideas and those positive ideas. And um, it's a reprogramming of yourself and your brain. It's like a brain hack. Seriously, that's, I mean... I feel like meditation is literally the best. And I don't know how many other brain hacks are out there, but it's seriously a brain hack. It is seriously a brain hack. So, you know, it's like when your conscious mind is running amok and you're thinking of all this, all these different things, you're thinking of stuff from the past that happened to you. Um, all kinds of uncontrollable, random thoughts and worries, um, things from the future, are you going to make it, you know, everything, but feeling what's in the moment, right? You, your mind's everywhere and it's impressing all kinds of, um, thoughts and ideas and worries and, and, and confusion and, and confliction, like just conflict, like, um, you know, just all kinds of stuff. You're, you're impressing it into your subconscious mind. And when the subconscious mind um, is impressed with these things and you really feel it, it expresses it and it manifests in your life as, you know, depression and anxiety and other issues, you know, there's so many. So um, it's, it's really important to start to be aware and just to, um, you know, calm, calm the conscious mind so that we can get to that subconscious part of us that's controlling all the stuff. And as Goddard explains in the book, he says, the subconscious accepts as true that which you feel as true. And because creation is the result of subconscious impressions you by your feeling determine creation so that's deep deep um so definitely check out those episodes and listen to that entire book if you want um like i said episodes 31 through 34 and i'll put links in the description and um on the blog post but also you can pick it up on Amazon, you can pick that book up and, um, if you want it on like a paper, paper copy. So, um, I was just thinking about like, I don't remember the first time I heard of meditation or like the concept of meditation or I'm sure it was very early on just because it's a common word in just the, the lexicon of you know, English, I guess. Um, but I don't have any memory of anyone I knew growing up that, you know, practiced meditation or 
yoga or anything like that. Um, at least that I know of, I, I don't, I don't remember seeing any family members meditating or talking about it, even hearing about it. I just, I remembered the word and what it meant, um, in a general sense, but, uh, yeah. So for me, it was, um, 1998-ish, I had a spiritual awakening and I talk about that too in one of my podcast episodes. Uh, I think that's actually episode two. Uh, it's called the great awakening. That episode It's two or three. It's two. So, um, so at that time when that happened to me or when I was going through those, you know, transitional phases, um, or the first transitional phase, I should say, I had no clue what was, what was happening. And because I, I know I mentioned before in episode two that, you know, there was no YouTube at the time and for easy access to like vids of people talking about they have been going through this and all of that, like there is now, because there's actually a lot of videos right now about people waking up and talking about their spiritual awakening and their journey and what's happened to them, them quitting their jobs, losing their friends, like all kinds of stuff, right? But back then, um, we were online, yeah, but it was dial-up, <laughs> <laughs> I had my little DIY computer friend made for me, um, a little desktop, and I was online all the time actually, but it was a dial-up connection, and so it was really slow, the pages loaded really, really slow, and um, at the time, for some reason now, when I look back, I think about this, I'm like, hmm, it didn't occur to me to look up online to see if anyone else was having the same type of experience as I was having with this, this awakening. Um, and even back then, I think I call, I used to call it like a epiphany or something. Like I didn't have words for it, you know? So if you want to know what happened, I'm not going to go into everything here really, but you can check back on my episode two, where I talk about the whole story of what happened. So eventually, um, um, I did start to look things up of a more spiritual nature online, but it definitely didn't start out that way. And it took a few years, a couple of years, um, later, probably like, yeah, like a couple of years and maybe like 2000 ish, I was living in Atlanta and that's for me when things started to shift as far as, um, gaining more knowledge because when I had that spiritual awakening I felt like everything had changed for me like I like a 180 but my perspective my perspective and my perception on just like the world changed and um I didn't know what to do with that like I had no clue I had no clue like, um, am I supposed to learn something? Like, am I supposed to go work somewhere? Like, what am I supposed to do with this? Right. So that's, that was like pretty much like all I wanted to know was what am I supposed to do with this? 
even to this day, like literally it's led me to doing this podcast. It literally has led me to this. But anyway, that's the whole other thing. So, <clears throat> so back in 2000, I'm living in Atlanta in Stone Mountain. Um, I, I'm find this esoteric bookstore. I actually just run into that bookstore. I wasn't looking for it. And it was near my house. And the owner of that bookstore would recommend like all kinds of esoteric books, just like straight knowledge. Um, And I would read them after work. I would go to work. I would get off. I would just read books. Um, At the time when I first moved there, is when I first moved to Atlanta, I I didn't even have my TV or my furniture or any of my things because everything was still in California in storage. And for whatever reason, I couldn't afford to like get all my shit to Atlanta, which was crazy. Now that I'm looking, thinking about it, I'm like, why would I move to Atlanta and not even be able to afford to get my stuff out there? But anyway, after re- <laughs> Atlanta was really, it did a lot for me though. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. After reading up like on a lot of different books on spirituality and knowledge of self during that time and um just like learning so much like my mind was blown uh but all of those books most of them talked about meditation and meditating and just um going within yourself and I also had a friend who was older and he would always be like telling me like you need to go within you need to go within and I used to think like what in the hell is he talking about and I I just just be like okay okay but I really never knew what he was talking about I never knew it took years for me to figure out what he was talking about so um all these books were talking about meditation they weren't about meditation it was just everything always pointed back to meditation You need to meditate. You need to go within, right? So by this time, um, I I had all of my things. I got my stuff from Cali. I had my furniture. My place was furnished. And I just, I like knew I had to start meditating. I just, at some point I knew, it was just always in the back of my mind. I knew I had to start. So I remember trying it for the first time sitting there on my bed alone in the silence you know I closed my eyes um I was just concentrating on my breath and hmm, as I was sitting there about five minutes or so I would say goodbye and I literally I couldn't feel my body right I just I don't know if anybody's ever done has ever meditated for the first time and really gone deep into that place where you you can't feel your body you just you you're still awake you're not even asleep but you literally feel like you're floating or levitating you can't feel your body and the first time I tried that happened to me so it freaked me out it literally freaked me out and I hurried up and opened my eyes (laughs) And I was just sitting there like, whoa, whoa, like, wow, huh, that's trip, um, kind of scary, where did I go, you know, but, um, I didn't go anywhere, 
I didn't go anywhere. I just went deep in myself for a moment even because I wasn't even doing it for that long. But the fact that I had never even sat there with my eyes closed and concentrated for five minutes and it scared me. (laughs) What? What? But I I don't think that's very uncommon Um, because we're just not used to doing it. We're not used to sitting in silence. We're used to being overly stimulated. We're used to, you know, having company. We're used to um, keeping ourselves from being bored, right? Like it's always this, oh, I'm bored. I have to do something. Well, when you meditate, you're not doing anything. You're not doing nothing. You're just sitting there with your eyes closed. And, you know, unless you have a technique or whatever, you're concentrating on something and not even really concentrating. You're just helping yourself, you know, like in transcendental meditation, go deeper into a meditation, into a meditative consciousness, into that state, right? So I didn't really try again for, for a while. Like it, it took years and years, um, but it was like always in the back of my mind. But I like, I don't know, I couldn't get myself to um, try it, let alone like be disciplined in it. I would read up on all types of different types of meditation over the years. And um, I remember I had a friend who who learned transcendental meditation and he was practicing it with his grandmother. And he I remember him telling me it costs like thousands of dollars to get the mantra. And, um, you know, that I don't remember him saying like, did he actually, you know what? Actually, I don't even think he really really practiced like regularly and and took it in the way maybe um he should have but he was young we were all young this is like 2006 right so I wasn't that young shoot but anyway um I didn't start to actually try to practice meditation again until probably like around 2009 and this is after my mom passed away and she passed in 2008 so for that whole year um I didn't try to meditate but you know I kind of I still had it in the back of my mind of course and um over the years I mean I would try he well no after that one time I tried I didn't try for a while and then after my mom passed I would try here and there but I could never really make it into a habit it it just wasn't sticking I couldn't um consistently do it I, I would do it for a few days and then I would stop right and then in 2010 um I started to practice yoga on a regular basis and it started to feel like a moving meditation to me And that last five minutes at the end of a yoga class, the Savasana, where you're, you're able to lay down and just, um, have your little three three to five minutes of just silence is, it was like a little piece of heaven. Like after doing yoga and then just laying there, like that was, oh gosh, it was so bomb. And I knew at some point that I had to get serious about practicing meditation it was just always in the back of my mind for years and years. And 
it was in what like 2012 after practicing yoga on a regular basis for like maybe three to four times a week um before I actually started to take meditation seriously and make it a daily ritual and when I say like meditation I don't mean like oh, I'm doing this and it's a, I'm in this meditative state or, you know, I love to, you know, do yoga and it's like a moving meditation. I get my little five minutes. No, I mean sitting down, you know, erect with not laying down um, and practicing yoga. I mean, practicing meditation with your eyes closed with silence or with some type of tool to help you like a, a guide. So, um, I knew when I started, I would need to, you know, have some type of regimen to follow to keep me in this habit. So I started a 21 day meditation challenge and it was free. It was through email and it was provided by Deepak Chopra's wellness Institute. And so every day, um, you would get an email and it would have a, 10 minute guided audio meditation. And that program really helped me establish a daily routine. And because it was 21 days, I knew that that would help me establish, you know, create this habit. And um, what they were doing was every 21 days, they would come out with a new one, a different one that focused on or had different intentions to them I guess right like manifesting or being more peaceful or or harnessing more love or um you know honing in on your creativity like there would be topics like that every 21 days and um um that really 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 helped me like I loved it I loved it and I did that for months like at least six to eight months every day for 10 minutes in the morning. I would just, I would get that email. I couldn't wait to get that email and um, listen to it. And it also had a journal um, portion to it, an online journal. So you could listen to it, uh, the meditation, and then you could go and journal or make comments in where everyone else was and people shared their comments, how they felt. And then there was the private journal section too, where you could just write however you felt. So it was bomb. It was, it was bomb. And I loved doing it. And uh, I got other people to, you know, I told other people about it, all of that. But I, I, I think it was at one point they stopped doing that program or no, they didn't stop, but they stopped giving it away for free. And it became like kind of pricey. I, I want to say it was like maybe 50 bucks or something like that. I don't know. Not that pricey. But back then it seemed super pricey. And um, so I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh, what the what? Um, but, you know, things like that happen. It's your it's your chance to level up. Right. It's a chance to go try something else or or level up, do something else. So. Oh, by the way, I think that program still exists, actually, and it's back to being free. So if you look up the Deepak Chopra 21-Day Meditation Challenge, that you can sign up for that still, and um, you will get those emails, and it will help you to start out in a habit, right? Um, but anyway, by this time, 
I've been doing it for, for, you know, some months or whatever. I don't, I don't even know how long I, I want to say like eight months. And, um, um, there, there was a few meditation apps out. Cause this is like, after, this is like 2013, 2012, 2013. Right. So, um, I, chose to use the calm app and that is a bomb app too uh well not too just it's good it's great for starting out with meditation um or even if you're experienced like there's all types of features on that app and i'm not getting any type of affiliate for that but it's just true so i was gonna go at alone go at it alone now without the guide, right? So I started on the call map with 10 minutes by just using sounds like ocean waves or rainfalls or um, jungle sounds, whatever, whatever they have on there. It's all in the app. And I used um, like a, they have a gong timer. They It's might have changed up now, but these features are still there, I'm sure. So I would just set the timer, listen to my ocean waves for, you know, 10 minutes and be good. Like it felt good. It I can tell I was noticing improvements in just how I was feeling, right? Because mind you, um, you know, a few years before that, my mom passed. So I was, all of this kind of was prompted by that, by her passing and just me feeling being hella depressed so it um eventually I cre- increased the time to 15 minutes with the sounds and the timer so I did that for a while right then eventually I went to 20 minutes and um with the sounds and the timers and um that was great like it just it just the increase in time literally just feels better every time it just literally increases the feelings of just peace okay so um as time went on with the 20 minutes i decided let's do silence let's not have any ocean waves or rainfalls or you know let's just do silence and we'll have a timer and we'll concentrate on the breath so i started to concentrate on the breath and this is more of a form of focus awareness or mindfulness meditation, right? And I I pretty much stuck with that for every day, for years, for a few years. And um, it was fine. It was fine. But um, somehow I, you know, in my computer stuff that I'm always researching, I started to look up um, transcendental meditation again it came back up, right? But I knew it was kind of pricey. So um, this is around like 2015-ish. Um, but I did start to change my habit because I knew that with Transcendental Meditation, you practice 20 minutes twice a day, right? So I didn't know how to do Transcendental Meditation though. I just stayed with the Mindfulness Meditation and I started doing 20 minutes twice a day and, um, you know, it was kind of like always in the back of my mind that I wanted to learn transcendental meditation, like the real thing from, you know, the experienced instructor. And, um, 
I kind of had found out about that even before my friend told me that he was doing it um, pre-2012. So that too was stuck in my mind. So finally, after a few years of just two, uh, twice a day for 20 minutes of just kind of mindfulness meditation in the summer of 2018, I finally went to the nearest transcendental meditation center, the TM center in Encino, California, and learned, um, the technique from an amazing woman who she and her husband had traveled in their younger years with the Maharishi and had both been teaching the technique since 1972. Um, they actually just retired too, like last year, which I was really sad about, but, um, there are still other instructors in the LA area or the Valley or any, you know, look online at tm.org and you can find like a spot near you. And I think that now since COVID happened, they're doing a lot of it online too now. So, um, um, yeah. So now also the price has gone down. So it's on a income based, um, sliding scale. So depending on how much you make is how much you would have to pay to join, to learn, um, the technique. And once you pay, you are a part of their organization to where you can go to like, um, group meditations and, you know, they have all types of things, right. For you to learn more and get deeper into meditation. But um, also, they have an incentive for people of color, specifically African American people, for Black people, to learn how learn transcendental meditation, because they know that they need, well, not that they need it, but they know people of color need um, this technique, or I want to say need, yeah, I would say need, because I've experienced it and it's a life changer. And, um, I have other friends, well, I have one other home girl who I, when I went to go do the training, I told her about it and she went immediately and she's been doing it ever since too. And every time I talk to her, she tells me how it's changed her life and how she thanks me for recommending this to her. And so I know for sure it's a life changer. It really, really is. Um, and also, I'm not an affiliate of TM. <laughs> so I just, I love it. And I, when I love something, I like to tell people about it. And if you choose to, you know, do it for yourself, that's that's on you. If not, that's on you. It's your choice, you know. So, um, yeah. So being um, a long-term meditator has had so many positive effects on my life like it just feels like the like from the first time when I said I had like a spiritual awakening back in 1998 how I felt like my life 180 um from there I've had lots and lots and lots of things happen you know you backslide you go forward you backslide you go forward you know even if you want to call it backsliding, 
that's just a term that is used, but I don't even want to call it that. It's more you learn from your mistakes, your experiences, and then you level up. You, you, you continue to level up because you continue to learn, right? And so that's how it feels with meditation and being a long-term meditation meditator is that um, the 180, you don't 180 back to, you know, what you were, but you like somehow you just keep going up. So um, I don't know. You can't, you can't describe it with a 180 term. That's not the right um, terminology. Sorry. Dang, I'm yawning. Um, but yeah, so now that I've been practicing transcendental meditation for the past, what, three years or so, um, I can feel the difference in the types of meditation that I have been practicing all those years compared to the TM. And there's definitely a profound difference. And it's just a technique. Um, but three years in, I feel better than ever. And I've had tremendous breakthroughs within myself. And, you know, I know there's another episode where I was talking about how at the beginning when you start doing transcendental meditation, how you feel so bomb. But then, well, for me, this is what happened. Um, I went through a period of like, ooh, just like irritability. Like, I don't know what that period was but in TM they call it unstressing because there's so much in your subconscious mind that's that's kind of lodged in there and the meditation helps bring that stuff up it sometimes it works itself out without you even realizing it as far as like your conscious mind realizing it but your subconscious mind is working it out behind the scenes so you may feel irritated tired um you may fall asleep during meditation you may you know get emotional uh and not know why because all of these things are being stirred up and worked out um through the subconscious mind when you go deep within this transcendental meditation and you start to tap into that that part of yourself and you can feel the difference in your day and your mood and then more the more you do it um, because if you do it just once you can feel it you can really really feel it so the more you do it you're just building up that tolerance that um you know elasticity for just peace um you're building that up over time you know and that's not to say that you are going to be a monk a buddhist monk up in the tibetan mountains like you're still going to be you and um you'll just be a more refined graceful version i feel like of you because that's what happens and you you know you're not gonna um suddenly be a saint you still have triggers you still have things that upset you you still get mad you still have emotions you're still human so you know, you're just refining your, um, your mind, your mind, you know? And so this brings me to some of the things I've noticed in myself after meditating every single day for the last nine years. Um, 
I've written down like about seven points of what, you know, there's so many more, there's so many more, but I've written down seven, just two of the main points that I can think of, right? So first off is, and everyone who knows me knows that I'm an emotional person. I cry at the drop of a dime. (laughs) I cry when I'm happy, sad, joyous. Like it's just one of those things. I'm a crier. And I found that I'm less emotional and way more focused. And like, okay, I mean, I still cry. I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm, I've always been an emotional person. I've always been a crier. <laughs> and uh, I, I accept that about myself. You know, I don't want to be a robot. I want to be able to cry. I want to be able to feel. But I also want to have... Um, control over my emotions or um, I don't want to yeah just I don't want to be out of control with my emotions right who does so um, you know I think it's helped in that sense it's definitely helped me have more control over my emotions although I'm still an emotional person because I am an empath and a highly sensitive person so I think the the foundation of me is kind of just that that type of person right but um I've noticed that like when I get upset um I'm not as quick to upset and then when I do or if I do get upset I'm much quicker to calm down than ever before and I don't have a fiery pit in my stomach when I get mad like I want to you know destroy something or you know it's just it's a calmer demeanor and I don't I'm not at the pinnacle of my calm demeanor but I'm definitely way calmer (laughs) shoot she saw me in my 20s Woo, off the chain so um In my older years, you know, I'm getting better and better. Um, Number two, I've lost a lot of interest in entertainment, in news, politics, like popular culture. Um, You know, I kind of keep an eye on like an overall view of like what's happening through Twitter and, you know, Twitter trends and like major events, of course. I want to know what's happening. But... In general, I don't really watch the news. Um, I don't watch that much TV. And every now and then I'll watch a film or a binge on a series or something like that just for entertainment. But um, for the most part, I like to spend my time reading and listening to audiobooks and watching lectures and documentaries and overall just like gaining knowledge. So I I've kind of like switched from um from like uh, what do you call absorbing or or taking in all this entertainment like I would say where I used to spend 95 percent of my free time on entertainment now I spend about 95 percent of my time on gaining knowledge and learning about myself and then probably about five percent of my time on entertainment because you know the mind needs to rest sometimes okay but um yeah so 
I definitely do not have as much interest in just like things that aren't helping me gain more knowledge or, you know, learn something. So um, that's a big one. And I didn't really realize that. I didn't realize that's that meditation was a, you know, had a hand in that. I, I kind of just realized that that's been a part of it. Um, I'm also able to focus for longer periods of time on whatever I'm doing. So sometimes I have to tell myself to stop because I know like I've been going too long, like I've been reading or focused on something for a little too long without taking a break. And I'll, I notice that I have to like, be like, girl, get up and stop. Just, okay, stop here, stop here. And then I'll keep going. So, um, my mind seems to be more clearer and, and so I'm able to comprehend, um, whatever I'm doing, reading, listening to much faster, um, because my, I don't have like a foggy brain, um, for the most part, like don't get me wrong. There's always going to be periods, um, or just, you know, times when you might feel a foggy brain. Okay, but for the most part, I can't remember the last time I felt a foggy brain. Now, like there's probably other things happening. Like sometimes I get writer's block in a way of um, like my ideas. I'm just I'm not getting them out, but that's different than a foggy brain. So anyway, um, I'm number four. I'm able to listen better and stay more silent um and yes I can get very chatty at times especially if I'm talking about something I read or I'm interested in or you know something I'm passionate about like meditation or yoga um yeah I can get chatty but I've noticed my ability to really listen and be silent in my mind through the listening and um meaning like I'm not sitting there waiting for my turn to speak I'm actually listening and then processing what you said so that I can then respond as opposed to kind of just like formulating those thoughts in my mind while that person is talking and then you're not really listening to what they're saying. You're just waiting for your turn to talk, right? So the listening game is on point, okay? And I feel like it's just heightened my clairs. So along with the listening, the feeling, the seeing, um, it feels like the clairs have just been heightened. And I'm not saying that I'm like now the psychic that, you know, can read your mind. But I just, I can, I just feel the awareness is more prevalent. And that's all that having your Claire's, you know, your Claire audience, your Claire buoyant, all of those from your five senses is just having that heightened awareness in your senses, right? So, I mean, I just feel like I, I'm more empathetic, I'm more compassionate, and my senses are heightened. And, um... There's a downfall to that to me because 
I don't, I can't be in like a lot of crowded places for long periods of time because my senses feel heightened. It feels like I can feel too much of other people's energy. So I have to either um, immediately go be in a place alone after I've been in crowded places or just avoid them in general because um, it's too much. It's overstimulation. So number five, I literally feel more at peace than ever before in my life. And also, I only seek out peace, honey. Like, nah, nothing, period. Peace. That's it. That's it. That's not to say, like, I don't have problems. I don't have, you know, disagreements with people, debates and whatever. But um, I also know that I have an inner knowing that everything is going to work out. So I don't have to worry. And that brings peace of mind. That brings peace of mind. It my perspective has changed on life and it, I've become more positive and just less angsty, you know, just less angsty. So the worries, um, aren't there. Like I don't have this worry pit in my stomach. Right. And I can sleep at night. I can sleep so easily. And I wake up. I like when I wake up, I'm up like wide awake. I'm not, um, you know, tired and yawning and dragging and all of this. No, when it's time to go to bed, I'm sleep. I lay down, I go to sleep. When it's time to wake up, I wake up, I get out of the bed immediately um, and meditate. But, well, first I go to the bathroom and then I meditate. So I'm, I'm not, you know, groggy, like all of those, none of that. Like your mind clears, you start to clear it. So number six, definitely my creativity has soared and I feel like I continue to harness the creativity more and more each day. Now that's not to say that every single day I'm just having all these, you know, grand ideas and like all the stuff, but it, it comes in waves, right? And um, I've noticed even just starting this podcast, it's an example of a way that I've able to I've been able to express my creativity um, in a way that I've never done before, you know, and it just came out of nowhere. Like the idea, um, although I had been wanting to share ideas with people for years, I didn't know in what medium and what way I would do that. And so, um, yeah, this is also leading me to create a spiritual based business, which is more aligned with my values and me wanting to help others in a deeper, more meaningful way, like um, as opposed to being like a cog in a machine. So all of this um, creativity and just having more confidence to express my creativity. Um, my throat chakra opened because before I couldn't even really express the things that I wanted to say. Um, yeah, so that, that's been a huge, huge, huge benefit. And number seven, I would end with 
um, because there's so many more things I could list, but I'm going to say it's helped me become a better version of myself. And I'm not, I'm not at the pinnacle of the best, best, best version of myself. I don't believe because I feel like I'm always growing as a human and, um, you know, hopefully I will be at a even better version of myself before I leave this earth at the most highest version of myself. Um, but I definitely feel like I'm better than I was before. Right. And I feel more comfortable in my own skin and I feel more like my authentic self, you know? So I think that it helps you become more authentic, more, more real with yourself, more, um, just, uh, just more you like the best parts of you though, the best parts of you and the best versions of yourself. And so for years, I mean, I had this kind of like pit of worry and sadness in my stomach and that's gone. It's gone. Like, I don't feel that I can get excited but I'm not as excitable and I'm not as angry. And that's a big one. That's a big one. Cause I feel like I just lived in a state of anger for so many years. And, um, I don't want to live in that state. I don't want to live in that state. I want to live in, in a consciousness of love. And so that's something that's work being worked out too. Like that's a conscious and subconscious effort. I feel like through meditation, it's helped. And it's it's an ongoing process because when you build up and harbor anger from things that have happened to you in your life, like you have to, you can't combat anger with anger, right? You have to um, soften that anger. You have to soften that up and you know, the only way you can kind of do that is like to cry, to let out the emotions, to nurture yourself. But I would say the biggest one is to let the emotions out. And, you know, crying is a huge, huge, huge release in emotion. And a lot of times that's almost like the opposite of the anger because people get so angry and then they, they bottle up the feeling of hurt or, whatever it is that's behind that anger. Um, so, you know, yeah. And that's not to say I don't get angry because I do. I still get angry and I still react, you know, but, um, it's less and less and I'm able to control it more and more and I'm able to recognize it and be aware of it. And, um, yeah, just kind of get a, get a hold of it a little more. And I just feel like the more I do, the more I meditate, the more I will have control over it. I'll have more, um, more of a handle on myself, right? My emotions, how I feel and recognize, be in touch with, um, my feelings and emotions and know that I'm in alignment with how I feel and how I'm projecting on out into the world. So, um, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not even saying that meditation is a cure all for everything, even though it is a 
cures a lot of things for sure. But, um, you know, some people feel like they really just can't sit there. They just can't. And they need extra help to even get to the point to be able to meditate. Um, so simply like due to the nature of our society, you know, it's to be quiet and still is almost like you being, you know, being shunned, like quietness, stillness, hmm? who, who does that? No, we're, we're about stimulation, right? So, um, you know, to kind of go against the grain and shoot for stillness and quiet and calm and peace is not always easy. It's not, it's, it depends on what, you, you know, what your life is and what you prioritize in your life. And so if you need extra help, like therapy, prescriptions, doctors prescribe prescriptions, you know, um, to help you get over that hump, that's okay. That's fine. And that should be something that helps boost you to the next level, right? And then ultimately you'll want to be relying on yourself, your higher self, not something outside of yourself. You want to rely on your inner voice and, or whatever you want to name it, but it's, you know, it's your intuition. So meditation is helping you clear all that noise so that you can hear that inner voice within you. And that inner voice is going to always lead you on the right path. So, yeah, boy. So, let's go ahead and get into the meditation. So, now, you know, this meditation is a um, guided mantra meditation. And you're going to use the mantra rum. And rum is not a word, it's just a vibration. So in this meditation, I do explain briefly in the beginning how to use the word rum. But I'll tell you really quick, you're just going to, um, in your own pace, you know, make sure you're breathing in and out of your nose. And you just keep your mouth closed. You can put your tongue at the roof, rest your tongue at the roof of your mouth. And you're um, you're not going to say the word out loud. You're going to say the word quietly in your mind. Well, you can scream it in your mind. No, don't scream it. Just say, <laughs> just say it regular in your mind, like your regular voice, your regular uh, um, level of sound. Uh, over and over in your mind, at your own pace, you would just say, Rum, rum, and you say it like a vibration. But again, we're not saying it out loud. You're 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 thinking it or saying it in your mind, and you're gonna do it at your own pace. So yeah, let's get into our five minute focus shift right now. Returning to the source is serenity.
will now begin the meditation. Sit comfortably, upright, wherever you are, and close your eyes. Relax your body from your head all the way down to your toes. Release all the worry from the day. And begin to notice your breathing. Focus in on each breath that you take in and out. And let your mind relax. Now, quietly in your mind, repeat the vibration and universal mantra, RUM. Continue to repeat the mantra in your mind over and over. And as the thoughts come in, allow them to come and let them go. And I will let you know when the time is up.
Do a moment to go within yourself, right? And this is like only five minutes. So like I truly encourage you to extend the time to 10 minutes or, you know, if you're up to it, even up to 30 minutes a day if you can. Um, or do like I do two, two times a day for 20 minutes, 40 minutes a day. Sometimes I do an extra 10 or 20 or 30 minutes, just every now and then. Um, but yeah, um, you'll only be helping yourself. And I promise you will see a noticeable difference in your entire being, in your entire self. And once you start to see that, it will inspire you to become a long-term meditator and Make it a part of your life for the rest of your life. And I so encourage that. And I intend to do the same. So on that note, I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. So until next time, what do we do? We have to do the inner work, create a shift in our own consciousness, which creates a shift in the collective consciousness. And that's the goal. Yes, we can get there. Um... Don't forget, you can support the podcast at anchor.fm slash realshifthappens um, or subscribe and or subscribe subscribe to Real Shift Happens Wellness Podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And also on the anchor.fm slash realshifthappens profile, you can leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Love to hear your thoughts on meditation. Do you need any help meditating? Let me know. Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so until next time, real shifters, go within and make real shift happen. Mm-hmm.